0: Hello and welcome to this episode of You Better Hear Me. I am your host Charlene McWilliams, and today I have the privilege of having a good friend of mine, Michael Hill, with me. He's otherwise known as Gunny or or Dog. I'll let him explain that Dog part for you, <laughs> and I want him to talk a little bit about his story and tell us some things about the dog culture. It's not what you think, people. He has a fantastic story. I've known Mike since he was in high school. He's now an old married man. <laughs> and I remember tutoring him in English. I don't know if he remembers this.
1: Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs>
0: Before he went off to college and was big time football and I didn't get to see him play in in college, but, you know, his mom always kept me apprised of what he was doing. So just proud of him and what he's doing. And I want him to share his story with you because it's a story of resilience, of determination, and what you can do if you put your mind and your will and your heart and your soul into something and make sure that you keep your faith right too you know that'll get you through a whole lot of stuff so Mike I'm gonna let you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and then talk about the dog culture
1: the dog culture well hey my name is Mike Hill aka Coach Gunny I've been a coach for a long time but my journey started playing football little league football wanting to go to the NFL that's every I believe young football players dream you know growing up I was never the biggest, and I know a lot of people say this, but I wasn't. I wasn't the biggest, fastest, strongest. I was a small kid, but I had a lot of heart. And I like to say I was born a fighter. Like when I, when I first, when my mom first gave birth to me, the umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck, mm-hmm. and the doctor told my mom if I make it that I wouldn't be able to function normally like a normal yeah. child. Like I would be brain dead, and she told me that probably. I think when I was a teenager and I'm like that's crazy because I've been defying the odds since I was like since day 1. So right. I like to say, you know, dog 1 doctor 0 and that was <laughs> <laughs> that was the first instance. And that was you know, that was the first standoff. And so like so with that I developed asthma, right? I would I played football, but it was very hard for me to breathe. And this is going all the way up into high school. I will always have to come off the field, use my inhaler. And then I realized if I want to go to the NFL, and I didn't know no better. I was like, I can't have asthma. And that's all I kept telling myself. There's no way I can go to the NFL with asthma because I would have to keep coming off the field. So one practice, I chose to not use my pump. And this was a workout at Bowie State. It was construction everywhere, dust particles in the air. And I was having like an attack but I I literally sat there with my pump beside me, security blanket. But with my (laughs) pump beside me, (laughs) and I said, I'm not going to use it. And I'm going to breathe on my own. And that was when I was about 16 years old. And since that day, Mm -hmm. I never used my inhaler again, because I realized that if I, like you said, if you put your mind to something, you can overcome it regardless of what someone might label you as, because they labeled me an asthmatic. So when you can't breathe, Use this pump. So I chose in that moment because it was bigger than just breathing. This was a future, a dream of mine. So I chose oh, in that moment not to use the inhaler, and ever since then, I never used it. Wow.
0: And the, and you were how old at the time? You said you were about sixteen years I was old. Sixteen years old. And yo. you were at a practice. That's deep. That's it started early. Oh man. Wow.
1: And that the crazy thing about that, like I I try not to tell kids to do that because <laughs> I. I trained some kids with asthma, so I don't take it easy on them. I don't uh, coddle them because I understand how it can cripple you. If I chose to stick with that inhaler throughout my whole career, when things got hard, I would have had something else to rely on. And Mm -hmm. this this is all going to transition into this dog because that's when I started to really develop that mindset. And dog stands for desire, attitude, will, and grind. So that's the mindset I started to develop when I said I'm not going to use this inhaler early
0: on. Early, yeah,
1: sixteen years old. So we get we get to college. So I had a great year, my senior. year. We get to college and phenomenal career in college. I have a, a stint with the with the Redskins in 2007, but that's still my dream. I'm like, I was there. I got to get back. Still no inhaler, like. I'm good. I've never used my inhaler up until that day. And now I'm like 22, 23 years old. And so I'm playing arena football and I do really well my first year. Defensive player of the year, runner up, which was crazy. I don't know how. Yeah. Ain't that crazy? That is amazing. (laughs) Look at you. Little gunny right but no i should have been defensive player of the year i i don't do runner-ups so oh,
0: I, oh okay my bad my bad. Just, yeah that's right that's I right just, you should have been it
1: that's what i'm saying and so coming <laughs> into the next year i kind of had a chip on my shoulder i'm like all right you guys you must just don't know so i i start this season off on fire literally right because every practice I start itching really, really bad. And I don't know what's going on. I'm thinking, because I took this uh, pre-workout, right? Mm-hmm. And so what a pre-workout does, sometimes it'll make you itch. So I'm thinking, all right, maybe it's the pre-workout. Is that a
0: supplement or a drink or something? A pre-workout? Yeah, it's,
1: a, it's like a, a powder supplement. You mix it with water and it gives you like fake energy. And okay. Then, oh, yeah.
0: okay. Like caffeine boost or some L-carnitine or exactly, something like that. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Because our practices was like 12 o'clock at night. I needed something, right?
0: In, you mean in the morning? 12 o'clock in the, in the morning? In the morning, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> <12 o'clock.
1: laughs> yep, my I'm, I'm practicing and I'm itching, and I'm like, oh, this is weird. So i, I
0: Itching everywhere or
1: like, as just... Soon as, as soon as I put my equipment on, like from shoulder pads down, I'm itching all over my body. Wow. And I'm very uncomfortable. So this year that I thought I was going to have, I can't even enjoy practicing because my body... Is going through something that I can't really explain all mm. the way to the point where I cut my dreads because I remember, you know, I love my dreads. Right. So all the way to the point where I'm like, maybe it's my hair because I literally didn't know. And I would never cut my hair, but I did not like it was so uncomfortable. I wanted it to stop. So right. my hair. So moving forward, I'm still playing, but it's just not right. And I end up retiring midseason call my guys up because I was a team captain. I cried in front of them, and I was like, I don't know, man. I just made, must not love the game anymore. I don't know what's going on. Fast forward, I'm I'm working out still, just like I'm playing football. I don't know why I'm working out. It's just in me. I'm working out. I'm working mm-hmm. out. I'm lifting weights with Pastor Wayne. I, I remember um, that, that too. I was there <laughs> one session. Remember, I think. We went. We lifted weights together one time. Was that in like off Route Route yeah,
0: yeah. One oh, yeah? Hundred? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't believe how much I was lifting. You're like, oh, let me find out. Yeah, you
1: can get it in, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I'm I'm lifting weights with Fashion Wayne, and I'm I'm lifting about two twenty five military press, and I remember the weight because it was a lot. But I was, you know, I'm strong, so I was okay. Right. But when I pushed up, pushed the weight off my chest, I felt like a pop in my neck. Mm. And so I'm thinking, you know, it's, it's a strain, like a muscle strain. Right. So I go home, I ice it, I think nothing of it, but it doesn't go away. This is October. And I I'm, I'm just, I iced it, thought I was taking care of it. And it, it was no pain, but the knot was still in my neck.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Right. So we get to December and I kind of got like a cold. I, I think I have the flu. And this is December 31st going into the new year. What and year was this? 2010. December 2010. Okay. Um, I got a cold. Shout out to my wife because she gave it to me.
0: So- <laughs> she <laughs> wasn't your wife at the time. Right. Like, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Not that I'm telling your business or anything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so
1: she comes over. Uh, I guess she feels bad because she gave me a cold. And um, we watched, I was watching the movie. She just kind of sat in and left. But then I get to the point where I can't breathe. Now, hmm. um, this is dating back to me not using an inhaler anymore. So, this is you
0: said late in December or December, late?
1: No, December 31st, 2010. Right. Okay. And remember, I said I stopped using my inhaler at 16.
0: Right, right.
1: So, there is no inhaler in the house. And like, I literally cannot breathe. So, I'm taking these short breaths and I'm kind of panicking a little bit because I'm not used to this anymore. Mm hmm. As a child, when I had to, like, if I had, like, asthma attacks and the pump wasn't working, I would have to go to the hospital, get on this breathing machine. Right. Good. So my mom, she's looking at me, like, struggling. So I take this this asthma pump out of a first aid kit from 1990-something. And I use the old inhaler pump dust into my lungs. It gets worse. So (laughs) my mom's like, we need to go to the emergency room. I'm like, okay, whatever. So I go to the emergency room. And so I get there, I get on my breathing machine and I start feeling better. And they, it always helps when you get on that breathing machine, you get there for about 15 minutes and you're good to go. Okay. So I'm good to go and I'm about to leave. They kind of like writing my papers up and I just like ask the nurse, can you check out this knot in my neck? I think I strained a muscle. It hasn't gone down yet. So she looks, she touches my neck, her eyes get really big. She says, wait here. And then she leaves. She comes back. And mm-hmm. she's like frantic. And like oh, she's no. just seeing a ghost. And I'm like, oh, she's so dramatic. It's just, <laughs> it's just, just a knot. Right. It's just a, a, a strained muscle. And so she says, we need to take a biopsy. I don't know what a biopsy is. I'm like, OK, that's cool. And um, I, I literally, I thought it was like a swab, like under my tongue or something. Because I had. The-
0: under your tongue or something.
1: <laughs> so she's said a biopsy. I said, all right, that's fine. And then they explain what a biopsy is. They say, well, in your neck is a mass and we just want to go in and, you know, make sure it's benign. All these words I still don't, I'm just agreeing. I'm like, all right, cool, yeah, that's fine. Right. And then they they, they give me a room. So now I go from emergency room to patient and I'm sitting in this room. And I guess it's because like, you know, I'm a trainer. I'm a football player. Nothing happens to me. So I'm just mm-hmm. thinking that they're overreacting to a flu because I didn't have an inhaler. Right. And so a team of doctors walk in. You know, they, they say, hey, how you doing? I said, I'm fine. And, and they say, OK, so we have the results of your biopsy. The results came back that you have stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma.
0: And are you in the room by yourself Is your mom with you? I mean, this was you went there to get some breathing treatments (laughs) from from the flu. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Check this knot right quick. Check this knot (laughs) just right here. And then all of a sudden, bam, you in a room and they're talking about stage four. Uh, Hodgkin's. Oh, my God.
1: And I still don't know what that is. So, (laughs) So I'm like, okay, that's cool. So, oh I, was, no. I was like, so do I need to like go to the pharmacy to pick oh something no. up? <laughs> and then they like <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I didn't know, I don't know what they talking about. Because look, look, in my mind, I'm the healthiest man in the world.
0: Alive. I'm I mean, you strong. a trainer, you're a I'm coach, the you, guy in the you know, season. play That's football.
1: Yeah, like Anybody in the gym, I'm stronger than you. I'm faster. Like, I'm just like athlete, you know, fresh out of college. So it, I just don't think nothing, like nothing crazy can happen to me.
0: Right. And
1: so I, they said, I don't think you get it. You have to take chemotherapy. And then that's kind of like when the shock kicked in. Mm-hmm. And so I said, um, I said, wait, because chemotherapy is mm-hmm. associated with cancer. And they was like, yeah. So what you have is a form of cancer. It's in the last stage, and we have to act fast. And that, wow! That that rocked my whole world.
0: Yeah. 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 Oof! Oh my gosh. And so from that stage, I know that, um, your mom, your mo- I failed to mention that we, we went to the same church at the same, oh, we still go to the same church, but, yeah, 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 yeah. um, and your mom didn't really, she didn't share a whole lot. I know once we knew about it, I guess you had gone through, you were at NIH when I saw you in the hospital.
1: Oh uh, yeah. That's, Remember what that?
0: that's that's, well, I think we found out before then. Okay. I'm not sure. But I know I saw you when you were at NIH and they had done, I think they did the gene therapy on you then.
1: Oh, the the stem cell.
0: Stem cell. See, I don't know. Clearly, I'm not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Gene therapy, stem cell.
0: Okay. I don't know. But that was later. That was down the road, right? That was after this. How long after this had that been? That was three years later.
1: Well, I guess two years. After
0: the the chemotherapy?
1: Yeah, so January... January 1, 2011 was the diagnosis. July 2013 was the stem cell transplant. Okay. And here's why I say three years, because when I I talk about the year I was playing football and I was itching, I was also going to hospitals from January 2010 up until December. So Mm -hmm. I would go to these hospitals and I would tell them, I even went to Hopkins. My body's itching, I don't know why. They take skin samples, they took blood, and they nobody could tell me what was wrong. And this is mm-hmm. from January 2010 up into December 2010. And those I, I believe within those 12 months, that's when they went from stage one to four. Right. So that's why I say three because that whole 2010, that was um, that was like the that symptom, whole year. Yeah, that was the symptom year. Like I was scratched sores into my legs until they started to bleed because there's mm. an itching sensation but it's, it's like under the skin that you can't get to you
0: couldn't satisfy it by scratching yeah. it oh my gosh yeah.
1: and so I had my legs would bleed I rubbed the skin off my knuckles um, mm. and in between my knuckles because everything like my fingers itch really bad and so like the skin from my knuckles would bleed mm. I had uh chronic night when well, well chronic itching but i had night sweats mm-hmm. that were crazy like i would literally go to sleep wake up shirt soaking wet turn the fan on but sleep with a heater because i'm hot and i'm cold oh gosh and then i would be very tired so not only that the whole 2010 i don't know nothing's wrong i'm just tired So right. i fell asleep behind the wheel i hit a curb, and i'm like what's going on i wake up i fall back I sleep and I'm just I'm just going through the motions all 2010, like not really know what's going on. Just thinking that, you know, I'm working out too hard, but then not stopping, which is
0: crazy, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think this is killing me, but I'm going to keep on
1: <laughs> <laughs> Right. Right.
0: So all of this has happened and then you had the chemotherapy and then you were were you uh, cancer free after the the chemotherapy or? What was that like? I know I saw I've seen some videos and, you know, you lost all your hair and mm-hmm. you yeah. were sick and you 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 drank a lot of ginger ale to yeah. try to help with the nausea. Yeah. You didn't do anything else. did? You? I'm not, you know, I'm not going to anyway. whatever. <laughs> <The ginger laughs> other,
1: other things like, my best know. Friend.
0: you know, they got cancer and they're sick. I'm not judging.
1: I'm oh, not oh, judging no, I it did. Out. I did. I definitely smoked. I definitely. Oh, yeah. smoked. But it didn't help. Because, oh, man. So, remember, I told you about the itching. And this is a funny story because I told my mom. So, you know, remember Sister Cheryl, right?
0: Sister Cheryl. This is
1: EJ, EJ's mother. Yeah. So, she was helping me out through that process. And she actually was like, have you tried? And I said, no, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> I said, anything that helps, I'm, right. I'm okay with that. And right. so... I did it and I woke my mom up in the middle of the night and I had some weird conversation with her for like an hour. And she, I mean, she understood because I was in so much pain, Right. But the itching didn't go away. It kind of like, it just, it like intensified it. Almost. Oh, wow. So I, I never did that again. Right. Um, was the
0: itching a part of, of the cancer?
1: Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a symptom.
0: Oh, I didn't, I never knew that. Yep. Wow.
1: Uh, so that didn't work. And then what happened here, so I started the chemo and the chemo actually began to work. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm like, cause I couldn't go outside without itching and feeling mm-hmm. uncomfortable. So I stayed out, I stayed in the house. And mm-hmm. so I would go to the, to the, to the hospital and I get the chemo. And then eventually like after two or three treatments, I could sit in the car and not sweat and not itch. And I would, it was the craziest thing. Like you take so many things for granted. Right. Like I smiled so hard the first time I could go outside in the sun and not itch. Like I just was appreciative of being able to walk outside and feel, wow. you know what I'm saying? Just just to be comfortable.
0: And feel the sun and just not be That's uncomfortable. It, right?
1: And then I, I'm, I'm going and I'm getting this chemo and it's like, I think six months of it. What's happening is like my lungs are filling up with fluid. So it's taking the the cancer, you know, down the size and doing what it's supposed to do, but it's also hurting my lungs. Mm. And, you know, we talk about the asthma thing, right? So now Mm -hmm. I'm in hot spaces or in the shower and I can't breathe. I walk up the stairs. I can't breathe when I get to the top of the stairs, like literally. And the the inhaler doesn't even help. So Mm -hmm. now it's like I have this fluid in my lungs and I have to keep going back to the hospital to get it drained. And this happened about three or four times. And this is look, 1.7 liters of fluid in uh-huh. my lungs. Wow. And I see it like they drain it, this big old tank. I see it. And it's it's like I'm over it. And I, I get very upset.
0: <laughs> You're over having that?
1: I'm 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 over the hospital. Right. Because not only do I have to be in the hospital to take chemo, but then you tell me when i'm done my two weeks of chemo in the hospital i have to go back to the hospital and get admitted for another seven days because my blood pressure is too high because of the fluid that was in my lung so then i only get a week to go home and relax and i go back to the hospital again so i'm like this pattern i'm not okay with and Mm -hmm. you know football player dog whatever attitude that i had an ego and then someone said have you ever Thought of holistic treatment and so when they said it i said well the chemo has worked up until now so why not finish it off the holistic route so at least i don't have to keep going to this hospital so this is the part where you duck the process and that's what i did <laughs> duck the process of the chemo <laughs> exactly so i was like yeah let me let me do this because little- how
0: much more chemo did would you have had to go through i think i had
1: about four more months maybe okay and so i tell my doctor right uh oh, this is crazy Tell my doctor, and it's the first time she disrespected me. I said, look, I'm, I'm not coming back. I'm going to go the holistic route. I'll be okay. And she said, if you stop taking this medicine, you're going to die. Simple and plain, that's the exact word she said hmm. to me. And I'm like, yo, who are you talking about? I'm respectful. I didn't say that. But in my <laughs> mind, thinking I'm like, who are you talking to? And so I like kind of accepted it as a challenge. And <laughs> I'm like, <"All> right, <laughs> cool. <laughs> like, wait, right? She? right? <laughs> so she said it several times um so fast forward i start taking this this holistic route right no no meats quinoa noodles quinoa rice quinoa Uh, yeah i like to say quinoa oh okay (laughs) (laughs) say it the way you want to gunny (laughs) Uh, beans protein grains all this nasty medicine these rocks that it was some crazy stuff. Jumping on the trampoline, I did this for four months. Right,
0: jumping on the trampoline.
1: So I had to jump on this trampoline for fifteen minutes a day. Okay. And so what he what he said is the lymph nodes need movement in order to shrink or something. Huh. He was saying, I'm doing it. I feel crazy, but hey, if it's gonna save my life, then let's right, do it. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna jump on this trampoline. <laughs> not, How long? Long with it. <laughs> Two minutes. Ten minutes. Two hours. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Right. This goes on for four months. And out of nowhere, I start itching. And I'm like, nah, nah, that's just, that's my mind. I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm good. That's my mind playing games on me. Right. And then the next day, the itching, like, it, it intensifies. I'm like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, maybe, maybe it is my mind. So I try to, like, go to work, go work out, you know, take my mind off of it. The next day, it's like full fledged, 10 times worse than it's ever been. Mm. So I called his doctor. And I leave him at Your doctor? Nah, he was a, uh, well, kind of. I guess you can call him that because he was my holistic doctor. And- okay. Yeah. I call him, don't pick up the phone. Text him, email, him, won't pick up the phone. I call this dude every day for like a week or two. And he's never responded. Till this day, he's never responded. When <laughs> When I told him, I said, look, my symptoms are back. I don't know what to do. And I already told the, the hospital, I'm not taking the chemo, right? So right. really, this is all I had, this holistic thing. And he tells me everybody I've worked I've worked with this far has been cancer free after they've done these steps. And so when I start, because anytime before that, I would text him, call, you know, we'll talk, we communicate. Right. But when I left him that message and I'm texting him, hey, the symptoms are back. What should I do? Is oh, this normal? And he doesn't respond to me ever. Wow. Ever. Never. Respond ha- to me. So wait a minute. Did he have an office that you could go to? He had a, like a, what was it called? Like a, like an RV. I met the guy in an RV. Like
0: a tent somewhere. I
1: mean, what did he have? <laughs> <laughs> no, like he had like a, uh, you know, the them, them mobile homes. And he had an like, RV? Yeah, he had like an office set up in the RV. Oh Mike. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but but in my defense, right? A very credible source was like, This is my guy.
0: Okay.
1: And I was like, okay, you know, that's your guy, that's my guy.
0: Okay. And, All
1: right. <laughs> and so I was lost. And oh my goodness. I was alone.
0: Now, how long, how deep in this process were you? Four months. Four months into this. This. Four that's months. when they started coming back.
1: Yeah, four months, no chemo, four months, holistic, four months without any medicine. Mm-hmm. And then boom. Wow. And, mm, heavy, right? Yeah. And so, since he doesn't respond, what else do I have to do but go back to the hospital? Mm hmm. So I, I called my doctor and she got that, I told you so voice on. Like, mm-hmm. cool. Mm hmm. So I go back and I start the chemo again. Red flags. The chemo isn't working. My body is rejecting the chemo now.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. And then that's when it got spooky. So I'm starting to take all these chemotherapies and they're starting to switch it up on me. Like, okay, we're going to try this and we're going to try this one. So I'm going t- I've taken, I probably over my three years or two years of chemo, it had to be like over a hundred pokes and and, and drips that I didn't have.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, that's real. Mm -hmm. Mm.
1: Here's the thing, though. When I would go to the hospital and get my chemo, I would go to the gym right afterwards because Mm. I kept telling myself that I had to beat it the way I needed to beat it because they were telling me, you need to go home, you need to rush, you need to lay down. And I say, if I do what you tell me to do, I'll probably become what you think I'll become because... You told me I was gonna die, so from that moment it's like they in my head is like they don't see they don't see who I am
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I kept telling them you don't know who I serve and that's why I had to tell her when she was like if you keep taking this medicine you'll die I'm like you you just don't know me and mm-hmm. so I like I tell people like I I don't wish or well maybe I am cancer. <laughs> No, seriously. Cancer, like, saved my life. hmm And it's the craziest thing, but it literally gave me the purpose that I wouldn't have been able to find without it.
0: Join me next week when you'll hear how Mike beats stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma with faith, determination, and the dog culture. You'll also hear how he's helping others with cancer find the strength to fight and how he's giving young athletes the foundation they need to succeed.